The Youthscape Podcast. Hello, wonderful Youth Ministry Tribe, and welcome to yet another Lockdown Youthscape Podcast episode with me, Rachel Gardner, up in Preston, and... And down here, with a much better connection today, which is quite exciting, uh, Martin Saunders in Rygate. It's because it's Good Friday. That's why. It's how it is. The Lord has done this. (laughs) Well, I do think I'm sat here and the sun is streaming through my window and I do, I do take it every day as a beautiful gift from the father. And it's kind of a weird combination of that linked to the pandemic. So let's just take this as a special day and a special connection. And actually, dear listener, me and Martin are actually weirdly having like all kinds of strange ticks and shakes because we're actually able to look at each other over Zoom today because the reception is so good. The connection is so good. I actually see your face and I've forgotten how much you just look at me with an expression of frowning and disbelief tends to be a resting face. <laughs> it's not frowning <laughs> and disbelief. I, what is it? What is the look which I it's constantly a resting face. What give is you? It? I don't know. It's slight bewilderment. <laughs> it, there's, definitely, there's definitely an element of bewilderment. I tell you what it is, is what I love about you is it's like, it is like looking at an unexploded bomb. At my at any moment, you think, well, it's been it's been in the garden for like sixty, seventy years, probably, <laughs> absolutely fine. There's it just won't a blow chance up now, <laughs> just a chance it might blow up and take us all with it. <sighs> I'm tired. I have to say, I am feeling end of week, end of term. I'm feeling an end, and yet, funnily enough, Martin, for all of us in the on the planet, this new beginning that's required huge amounts of energy has come. At a kind of a natural end point. So I think, are you feeling that? Like, I feel like I should be able to zone down now, but actually I'm having to kind of soup up a bit. Are you feeling that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, well, I am. And this might, be, this might be relevant to a lot of people. I, and I think you're also in this position going to try and take some holiday next week. Yes. And there's this weird question of like, what does it mean to take holiday when we're not allowed to really do anything different? So it's not like we can go to the beach for the day. Uh, it's not like we can go out to the park and spend the day playing football. Like we, we, we can't do any of those things. It's going to be the same really. So the, the, the discipline that's going to be required, the willpower to actually go switch the laptop off and leave it to one side to, to, I'll probably have to do more discipline steps. I normally would like taking email off my phone and things like that. How are you going to, how are you going to protect yourself from getting sucked into work when you're still in the same place? Well, I realise that, that both of you also have children in a setting and really conscious, not everybody listening is that added dimension. But I was thinking, because on, on Wednesday, next Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we've got some time off. And I was thinking of packing an overnight bag and sticking the kids in the car and just having a fun game. And we don't even take the car off, off the road. You know, we don't even drive <laughs> the car. We'll just sit in the car, eat some sweets do some silly things and they, and then like almost make a big like, Hey, this is our holiday house. And I think the only person that will vaguely appreciate it would be me. Everyone else will be like, but I think I might do that. Cause I think you're right. I might need to sort of come back into the house and see it differently and think, right now, not doing emails, not all that kind of stuff. Well, can I tell you what we're doing? We are, um, we have actually decided we are going to get the tent out of the loft and uh, we're going to, we're going to put the tent up on Friday night in the garden and our tent isn't massive, but even still 
it's going to completely fill our garden, which isn't massive either. I don't take for granted the fact I have a garden. Yeah, oh my goodness. Lord for gardens, yeah. I'm so grateful to be somebody who has a, a garden, but it's not a very big garden. So it is literally, if, if anyone looks out their window, they're going to think we've gone completely bonkers <gasps> because we are going to have entirely filled our back garden with, with uh, they're not made out of canvas anymore or whatever they're made out of, of tent. I don't know. And then uh, something I'm, from the pit of hell. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not. I mean, I don't. I don't love camping, and I'm sort of hoping my wife might just stay in there with the kids. Maybe okay. I'll look after the dog in the house. But how secure is your garden? I mean, we, can we, not like, massively secure. Okay. Not massively secure. We didn't manage to get a, a. We were supposed to be putting a side gate in, and we haven't done that. So. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. So, so it's not massively secure, but it, you know, it's it's just something different, isn't it? It's just it as you say, it's like just trying to give the illusion of being on holiday absolutely and i do think the getting out every day for a little bit of walk so um there's somebody here um who i know in person that for about three days in a row just they it's not that they were unable to go out they just they just couldn't bring themselves to go out and we had a little conversation and said actually going out even for five minutes means that you appreciate coming back in and i thought i sound like my mum all those years when i was a kid saying Rachel, put your coats on You'll appreciate it when you come back. And now I'm like, oh, I'm now saying to young people, pop outside, get your head outside, walk to the end of the street, come back, you'll appreciate it. But I do think, I do think that that does help our brains, doesn't it? Absolutely. This is, um, we're recording this, I'll I'll, um, tell the truth, we're recording this on Thursday. And uh, and Thursday night, I've become, like, this was the first time I woke up and thought, oh, it's Thursday. That means it's clap for NHS day. And so... So this evening we get to all stand out on the on the street and applaud the NHS. I don't know what you if you have any profound reflections on that as a as a sort of exercising community, but I have found it absolutely amazing to um, to to uh, to sort of stand out and you do see your neighbours the only time you see them all and to just applaud for a minute and it's this it's just this wonderfully profound moment that I'm like this is going to be the thing that we we talk about isn't it this is going to be the like the mark of the icon of what it meant to be in lockdown yeah it is i am bitterly disappointed that on my mode of social media twitter woo woo for the middle aged people on twitter there's a there's a real every thursday at about five past eight when it's finished there's a real glut of christians on twitter saying oh idolatry you know make an idol of of the nhs which is just so upsetting at the moment so i think i think you're right we need to just hang on in there and say no anything that's about gratitude and appreciation is absolutely right in the very heart of what we believe you know god the NHS is a good, good gift from God. Like, yeah. It's a good gift from God that we have. And, like, it's absolutely beautiful. So I, um, I had a very funny youth worker online moment <laughs> a few days ago. So um, Beth, our youth worker, is doing a really good job of getting lots of stuff online. And we, and we played that classic game with the younger and the older youth. We only have about sort of 11 or 12 of them, so we can easily do it, everybody zooming in. Um, where we played that game, the first person to find an item, Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, like a, sometimes call it bring me. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. And it was so obvious, the young people that had kind of clocked that in the message on the WhatsApp group, and they had just out of view, obviously stacked up like loads of stuff. Everything they owned. Everything they had, including this random tractor, and key things that they wanted, blue <laughs> rolls. And then, and then there's obviously people like me, they're just like, oh, quick, quick, we've got to do it. And I had to scurry around. And we've got a young person living with us in lockdown. And uh, she was on the Zoom upstairs. <laughs> so anytime I went to the cupboards to get like a loo roll or a tin of beans, she'd already like, she'd beat me to it. She'd already got it. 
Yeah, so not only was I at a disadvantage because I hadn't prepared, I also had a teenager in the house that was looking and stuff. But it was so fun. And I suddenly thought, actually, it's quite fun doing the classic old... We'd never get 17-year-olds playing that game in real mm. life. And it was so much fun over Zoom. This is... Um, there's starting to learn some things through online mm. youth work. I, I have new reflections this week. I don't know whether they're prof- particularly profound. One is I, I went to bed last night, normally on a Wednesday evening when we've done all our youth groups... I went to bed and I felt really, really chilled out and not exhausted. And I thought, oh, there's a danger here. I could start to enjoy this just a bit too much. Oh, not and, to get out and open think, the building. Yeah. And because and, we do hours and hours and hours normally on a Wednesday night, whereas now we're just doing that kind of night, te- te- uh, sort of nicely packaged <laughs> hour. Um, and then we're done. And it's very broadcasty, what we're doing as well. There's yeah. a bit of participation, but necessity. Yeah. Uh, is that we're broadcasting. So, so actually, I've got to be careful that mm. I don't like it too much and don't get drawn mm. into a sort of performance kind of culture or anything like that. Mm. Um, but, but I think there's loads of other things that we're, we're starting to do that we're going to have to, we're going to, have to figure out, we're going to have to sift later on, which of these practices, which of these things are we going to keep and what are we going to do more of? Like for me, I don't know what it is for you, Rach, but for me, I am in direct contact safely with parental consent and so on with more individual mm. young people at the moment than than at any time in the last two years when I've been their youth leader Amazing. I'm having constant conversations with um, a whole bunch of young people who don't normally find it easy to have a face-to-face conversation with me so I've been staggered by some of the conversations I've had where young people opening up when normally they um yeah they wouldn't even make eye contact with me no. so there's some interesting stuff <clears throat> to carry forward out of lockdown I think I do agree. The other thing I'd like to carry forward out of lockdown is since for the last three weeks, I've heard more teenagers preaching and leading Bible study. And that's just mm. from our group of students. We have 11, to, we have an 18s plus like WhatsApp group that, that I'm sort of involved with as well. And then the younger ones. And, I, and, and we're saying to them, just bring a thought every day, different person, bring a thought from the Bible. Um, and our teenagers stepping up and doing a phenomenal job. They're getting like the commentaries out. They're checking stuff online. They're talking about the veil and the curtain that's torn in two and how thick that curtain is. And like, they're genuinely researching stuff. And then they're bringing it. And then they're all commenting and saying, oh, that was amazing. That really helped me think about this and I want to bring that out of lockdown as well I thought actually when, when, when have I last heard a teenager standing in front of the church and preaching I, I wow more of that. I mean number one who are these young people they oh, sound amazing awesome. they are um, awesome. there's a lot of people right now who've got like teenager envy they're like oh my kids can't do that um but uh, but but more but, no, only joking obviously but there's uh, but there's um Giggling. you know there's a question there about for me that I want to ask you about how you're drawing how are you drawing out that out of them? Because I, I noticed you put that on. Um, I, I noticed you put that on Twitter, as you do, and you did, as you often do, get grumpy responses yes. from, I think, men saying to you, "Oh, that's not my experience." Yeah, that's right. There'll be a little bit of insecurity there, <laughs> but also, uh, I've got a question for you. How do you? How have you been drawing mm. that out of young people? Oh, that is a good question. I think it's a culture question. And and by culture, I don't mean, oh, wow, look at us. We've we've somehow amazingly created this culture. I think the culture bit for us is that we have three or four of our peer leaders who actually have 
in at this time of lockdown really lent into the online stuff so it's not like me as the 43 year old youth worker saying to a bunch of 15 year olds can one of you preach now um actually we've had lots of ages in between and we've said to them could you like go away and just do like a five minute study and put it on and, and we'll have a look at it and and so it's kind of we've flooded the WhatsApp group and the YouTube channel and our little kind of Friday night and Tuesday night Zoom things with them seeing young people just slightly older than them who they they know quite well because we are a small youth group. We're probably mm. 20 max and we only get about 11 that access stuff online. Um, and so I think that's been a real blessing is that it is our younger leaders taking the lead on it. But I think also the moment um, one or two have done it and it... I'm I'm going to sound like I'm saying the bar is set low. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is they're just sat in their bedroom on their phone, filming themselves with their Bible saying, oh yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say was um, what I like about this passage is blah, blah, blah. So we've sent them like a list of questions, like just read the passage, ask the Holy Spirit to help you and and think about one thing to bring that you think has really, God really spoke to you about. So it's it's very, and I'm I'm calling that Bible study and preaching. Mm. I think it is. They are Mm. preaching God's word. But we're not having a young person standing doing a 40-minute monologue to, to their nice. phone. But they're doing four or five or ten last night. Phoebe did ten minutes. You know, and it's, it's really good stuff. And what always really makes me smile, Martin, and I love, is that when young people in that setting share God's word, they don't stick any extra stuff around it. Mm. They just read the passage and talk about it. Like, yeah. They don't That's amazing. Like, build you up to something with a clever little illustration as much yeah. as I that. They're just like, here's the passage, here's some thoughts. And I, I and that's what I mean by preaching God's word. I mean, so you're 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 demystifying, you're you're lowering you're lowering the platform, but there is something there that's quite interesting. And this week we're recording is this now are we in the week of spring harvest at home or are we are we just about On approaching Monday, that? next week, yeah. So it'll be spring harvest at home. I wonder what we can learn just it's just interesting timing i wonder what we can learn from how young people take up that challenge of of preparing a little thought and preparing what you you've rightly called a little a little talk a little preach um it's interesting that they've not gone with some sort of clever structure it's interesting that they don't have to find three points all beginning with p it's interesting that they they're not starting with a funny story that's you know self-deprecating but secretly makes them look quite good um, <laughs> There's, there's no mention of anything that happened on an aeroplane. They are just, they're just, just going brilliant. in there. That is really interesting. So brilliant. we are hoping, aren't we, to get some voices of, um, yeah. uh, of young people onto uh, this podcast in the coming weeks. But I think that's a really significant little shift, a really interesting thing to pay attention to as we ask what's next, what God might be doing in youth ministry at this time. Yeah, it's good. And the other thing as well is that I I felt quite challenged recently because I um I've been watching the faces of young people on the Zoom and I've done a couple of um like lecturing over Zoom, lovely sort of Christian Bible colleges students gap year type, you know, where you've got like 30 18 to 25 year olds and I've just watched the faces and, and I've watched who's got involved and my experience and this is going to be a gendered comment now and I would love I would love to hear I mean get back at me grumpy people if you think that's oh that's not right just don't put it on Twitter Rachel <laughs> yeah I've noticed that that when there's a large group the guys are speaking quite a lot and the girls don't speak so much and mm. I've noticed that that um, I've just, uh, I've been asking myself some interesting questions about how do I present, present myself? And some of these women 
I wonder if there's been an, an added element of I'm on display here. I'm being mm. seen through the medium of in my selfie, you know, and I, and I just wonder if that, you know, hashtag not all girls, hashtag not all guys. But I do wonder, so I've been paying attention to some of the girls in our youth group who are very, very quiet online. I think mm. I wonder if there's something else going on for you about how this for you normally feels like you're being assessed and judged and looked at. Whereas actually that's not what's happening here. And, and over time you'll really get that and we can really encourage you with it. But some, some young people I still think are, got their armor on you know they're, they're mm. fully made up and i i'm often fully made up so i'm not not critiquing that at all um me too rach as you can see i've, I've put a lot up, yeah. of effort into today i don't yeah. even think i've brushed my hair and just to give you a hair update by the way this is it's all right for you but my mm. hair is just i like many people i've just been playing chicken with the barber which i often do <laughs> And I thought, I'll just leave it an extra couple of weeks. I'll just leave it an extra couple of weeks. And then, no, no not allowed it. I know. And now I'm going to look like I'm in the in-between growing out stage when I yeah. come out of lockdown. No, it's Good Friday. And we do have something very meaningful and wonderful for everybody because we love you, wonderful Youth Ministry Tribe. And, and so there are two last things I wanted to say. So this is me being influenced by young people who are not presenting their talks with a kind of slick open and out. I love it. Let's bring it on. Number one, Martin, a while ago you talked on the, um, an episode about how you were walking, going for a walk and the police drove by slowly and you're, oh, yeah. they were writing a note. And then afterwards, my very slow brain picked up and thought, I wanted to say to you, but mate, like you wear like, like again today, dark blue jumper, dark blue jeans, like they won't remember you. They won't uh, remember you. You're actually doing a really good job. Yeah. So if you want to not be recognised out twice, mm. I think I think your your dress sense is absolutely put brilliant. I, I always find the best punchlines are the ones you deliver a week uh, a week late. I always think that's the best, always the best way to deliver a joke. <laughs> and when I thought it, I thought oh, that's so funny. And even now I'm showing, I'm like, no, actually that sounds vaguely aggressive. <laughs> That sounds like quite insulting. It's always a mix, a oh, happy so mix I love with you. What you wear, and in no way am I insulting you. And I cannot remember the second point. <laughs> well you know what we were we were going to talk about rachel before we get our, our guest on yes uh we were going to just check in on food uh yes. shortages in the north yes. and south so you're obviously in the north of england yes what what are you uh, struggling to get in your supermarket at the moment when you go <laughs> it's an interesting well, question isn't it right it is and actually my answer is baby cucumbers but we've never been able to get baby cucumbers <laughs> <laughs> No, don't need Lou Roll. Where, where's the baby cucumbers? Man, we have hit. That's, that's, now we're really in a crisis. <laughs> so we had a, a brocolat actually in all seriousness about a week ago. So food is a really interesting thing, isn't it, Martin? Because like we are not in World War Two times, although we like to compare ourselves to that. Like there is so much food going around, yeah, but we are increasingly seeing. I think a million people signed up to Universal Credit last week. Like we are increasingly seeing families that have not been in crisis before hitting a point of crisis, yeah. and so yeah. we have all this food, and we have shops stacked full of food, but we don't. We still don't yet have the means to get the families that need it right now to, to get the food. So we so we had a, a bread glut and 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 fair share with you know all sorts of groups we were having to all throw away huge amounts of bread which is just so distressing and yeah, yeah, um, we were giving it away giving it away giving it away so i think i think supermarkets have been very good and they're trying to sort of mm. make sure there isn't that kind of waste and there is pop 
passed on. But th that's a challenge we've got. The other challenge is that in this area as well, people picking up their prescriptions is a big issue. Oh, yeah, of course. The church is stepping in to do that is a real blessing. Wow. How, about, how about you guys, London and the South? What's well, I mean, I, I haven't got a serious worthy answer for you. Um, uh, it, I'll, I'll mention in a moment something that Youthscape are doing uh, locally in Luton. But, um, but where I'm living, that we still do have certain items that you just can't get. So eggs, you can't get eggs. And as soon as eggs come in, I was talking to the uh, woman on the checkout yesterday. Um, as soon as the eggs come in, people just bolt by them. They just panic by them. And I'm thinking, what are you, what are you doing with all these eggs? I think there's a bit of a resurgence in home baking, isn't there? In this I period? think probably, and, and maybe more so where you are. I don't know, because there's loads of eggs. <laughs> are there? I don't know. It's probably a bit wasteful to ask you to send me some eggs, but I miss eggs. <laughs> and, and, um, and then there's other things like pasta, rice, other stuff, which people clearly have continued to stockpile. And it is, it is frustrating um, because you find yourself, if you do get a piece, of, you, you do ever find yourself looking at, at the shelves and they have got pasta and so on, you, you yes. feel that sense of panic. Don't you yes. think, oh, should I, should I now just become the, exactly the same as everyone else and grab six bags of pasta? Or, or do I just discipline myself by one and, and hope that everyone will do the same and then we'll all, be the, you know, we'll all have enough to go around? And, and sadly, lots of people still are panic buying. And loo roll, the loo roll's still a problem where I live. Now, that's interesting. We've got no loo roll problem up here. That, now, that's really interesting. I'll tell you one thing I have noticed up here is that we've got a second wave of, of rough sleepers as well. Oh, wow. So we, we at the church have been working closely with the local homeless shelter and they now have got all the homeless, mainly men, but women as well. Women, it's been more difficult to engage with the women to get them off the streets, actually, mm. for all sorts of reasons. Um, but the men are now housed in um, a hotel in the city centre and now there's a second wave of, of, of suddenly new rough sleepers who don't know because like, I think obviously the people that are on the street quite a lot they've got quite a community going on like they know where all the food kitchens are and they know where to go to get a bed at a certain time whereas they've got like a new wave so this morning I was at the Minster sorting out packages for some families and there was two people sleeping on little makeshift tents very close to the Minster um, and I said to them did you did you sleep there last night because it would look as if you or I had just crawled out of it. I was like, they look like they're about to go to work. And wow. so it is this next wave of, of people who a little bit like can't go home because someone at home is self-isolating. And maybe it was a really chaotic friendship relationship set up anyway, um, or, or another reason like that. So that, that's been our next wave of, oh my goodness, like that's, that's really important how we support these people. But it's suddenly, you know, local councils are having to like think really creatively mm to support the most vulnerable so it's evolving all the time isn't it it is but one of the things i've been really proud of about this podcast and it's really you that's brought this roach is the fact that we haven't just talked about uh the the the, the sort of very uh obvious step that we've all taken uh to move youth work online we haven't just talked about meeting young people's needs online we've also uh, been talking right from the start about how we engage with young people uh who maybe can't either can't connect with online youth work or will not have all their needs met by online provision. And I know you've been doing some amazing stuff around the Minster in Preston. And actually, if you go to our um, Youthscape live blog, uh, youthscape.co.uk slash coronavirus, you'll see a little article there that's been written by Jemima Woodbridge, who runs our local team, uh, uh, talking about some of the ways that in Luton, 
we've been uh, engaging with uh, the local authorities and uh, safely trying to meet some of the physical and practical needs of uh, young people. Now, I was a little bit nervous when we posted this that there'd be a wave of of people saying, what are you doing? You can't, you know, you can't encourage people to get out there and, and mix with people. But we have to face the, the cruel reality that there are an awful lot of people out there who, if no one goes, if no one goes and takes them food, medicine, support, you know, goes to support them in school where they're, they're stuck for various reasons of vulnerability and who their parents are and so on. Um, if, if no one goes, then they are going to get completely lost and overlooked in this. And we can't do that. Like we, as much as we must follow the regulations, we must stay safe. We can't do that. So I really commend to you that, that article, uh, which, uh, which, as I say, is on our website, youthscape.co.uk slash coronavirus. And it's just five ways that you can uh, safely engage in some online youth work, if that is what your local authority would like you to do. It's all about getting in touch with them and finding out where the needs are. I totally, totally agree. And I, and I think there are now some really good developed policies. So if you're starting from scratch, reading, you know, stuff that Jemima's written and other groups, apps is so helpful. You can also go to the government website because we've been using their guidelines for day centres. And their guidelines about how to operate day centres works really neatly if you are going to do anything in your building that's about food being dropped off and, and food being delivered. And, and there are systems and ways that you can do that just keep everybody very, very safe and doesn't add to the crisis. But I, I agree with you, Martin. I, and I think, unfortunately, with a, a, a pandemic like this reveals lots of the deep divisions within communities between the haves and the have-nots, whether that's around technology or just stability or, or, or whatever that might mean we're seeing these these and these big divides and and i think there needs to be the church needs to have both a prophetic arm and a, an ability to see this otherwise we will chug along in on one track which is a good track um but we won't really realize the impact on the wider community and we're here for the whole community and i've i've been involved with something this week that's been ramping up for the weekend to give the, you know, the nation lots lots of church leaders are signing a pledge to say to the nation you know our buildings are shut so you might think we're not around anymore but we've not gone anywhere we're here for you because i do think actually when i drive past churches here on the way to the food bank i think if i wasn't part of the church community how would i know that churches are doing all, all sorts of things mm. um, so i think it's a really powerful message to get out there and, and we as youthscape have joined that 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 campaign a little bit as a way of saying it's it's about young people as well it's about somehow communicating to the young people who are outside of our church communities that the church is still here and there are ways that you can still connect with the church I think that's really really important so this is um this is going to be uh, coming out on Good Friday. Um, so uh, I don't think we can say Happy Easter yet, but I've never heard anyone say Happy Good Friday. Uh, but, uh, but here we are. We're here we find ourselves. And we are gonna, we're going to end this, um, this episode of the podcast. Rachel and I are going to come back at the end, but we're going we're gonna to end this podcast by handing over to a great friend of ours uh, who does some amazing uh, work in uh, the city of Birmingham, across the city of Birmingham. His name's Andy Windmill, uh, and he heads up an organization called Urban devotion uh and he is uh, a great guy he's been invested with young people for for a long time yeah um he he lives among young people and he is um uh he's doing some amazing work all year round uh, but actually in this period his work has been ramping up in all sorts of interesting ways as well uh, and we asked him whether 
he would give us a, uh, a little reflection for Good Friday um, based on maybe coming out of his experience there in Birmingham. Uh, so, Rach, we're not going to get to say anything else after this. So do you want to say anything as a, as, by, by way of goodbye? Just um, today, Good Friday, is a day of lament, isn't it? And it's the day of recognising that any suffering that the world is experiencing, we have a God who knows it, who gets it. And that's a profound comfort, I think, all the time to know that, but particularly right in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through. So we love you. Thank you for sticking with us. There have been some podcasts I've not been able to listen to because they've not set the right tone for me at the moment. Um, And our prayer for you is that this does set the right tone for you, that you just know that you're loved and and you're known. And and whatever, however this is working out for you, um, we're in this, we are in this together. And one day we'll come out of this together and we'll sit around a big fire with a glass of Scottish whiskey from the Alpha Scotland crew who have the best whiskey ever and we'll mull over this and, and we'll talk about this and we'll be involved in shaping the church not of today just of today but of the future so That's god right. bless you thank you for journeying with us yeah so we'll see you on the next uh youthscape podcast uh which will be sometime next week and i think will be rachel on her own oh my goodness unhinged unhinged so goodness knows what that'll be like but um but we will both see you soon uh, but don't go anywhere here is the amazing andy windmill Hi, it's Andy Windmill here from Urban Devotion Birmingham. I live on a housing estate in the north of Birmingham and we work across four statistically disadvantaged neighbourhoods that are full of wonderful people. I'm going to share some of our experiences from the last few weeks and just offer a few thoughts to help us focus on Good Friday. So Urban Devotion, we are all about prayer. We believe in God's desire and ability to transform even the darkest situations. And we're also about relationships. So like many of you, our main activities have all been derailed by COVID-19. We've had to reimagine ourselves in order to stand alongside those who are really struggling right now. Uh, A month ago, the first thing we did was we contacted schools. We recognised that schools can provide incredible stability and consistency in the lives of children, young people and families. And they were about to close. So we contacted a number of these schools. We asked them to identify their most vulnerable families and we asked them to get permission to pass on their details to us. So along with all of the the people we already know, the people we already work with, we quickly had ourselves a database of people who were likely to need help. And we almost as quickly discovered that the immediate need was food. And so we've always worked in partnership with other organisations. So we were quite well placed and we set on building on these partnerships and working out how we could feed local people. And so over the past three weeks, uh, we've been part of feeding over 90 people a day. And I'm just going to really quickly highlight a few of the stories. Um, On the first Monday that we did this, um, Emma from our teams, also my wife, she called a lady I'm going to call Jo, whose name had been given to us by one of the schools. And it turns out she was 13 weeks pregnant, has two young children, and really tragically her partner had committed suicide three days earlier. So not only was she dealing with the incredible change um, that school closures meant, um, but actually she was dealing with trauma. Um, And so she was isolated and had little support so we've been able to provide food for her but more than that we've been able to to listen to her to just have
have check-ins over the phone and see how she's doing. Another lady, Sarah, um, again, she's a mum, a single mum who um, was isolated from friends and family and um, just didn't have relationships with her neighbours, but she had a cancerous brain tumour. And so she was going out to the shops most day because she didn't have a vehicle to do a big shop and actually she didn't have the funds to do so. Again, through providing practical support, we've been able to support her in a period of vulnerability. And then slightly differently, I want to talk to you about Tom. So Tom is an amazing 29-year-old who's grown up on the same estate where we live um, and I've known him since he was about 14 and we've been through some pretty big highs and lows but this time has given an opportunity for him to really give something back and so he's been volunteering doing um, food deliveries with us and I was out with him a couple of weeks ago and we had more names than we had food. We'd run out of food and so I was going to pop into a shop but Tom absolutely insisted that he was going to do it and so he went and he bought some food for this family and we delivered it to her and then the next day just had this wonderful message about what an incredible um, thing it was and how kind um, the people who had brought it had been and it was incredible then to be able to pass that back to Tom. So as a team, and I'm sure just like you, we're affected by the experience of what's around us. And and there are stories of hope. I love that story about Tom, but they don't diminish the pain and the grief that is circling nearer. Good Friday. Good Friday is a story for today. And Ron Rollheiser puts it this way. It's no accident the Gospels tell us that as Jesus was dying, it grew dark in the middle of the day. Few images are more telling. As Jesus hung upon the cross, seemingly light gave way to darkness, love to hatred and life to death. How can that be good? So as the story unfolds, doubt creeps into the minds of believers. They'd seen him feed a crowd from crumbs and silence a storm with the authority of his words. And their mindset had shifted to, you've got this, but that certainty was fading into darkness. Perhaps doubt had even crept into the mind of Jesus. His words on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I wonder whether doubts crept into your mind these last few weeks and this doubt has turned into fear. I'm a white Western male, married with three children. I grew up in the home counties. I have a red brick university education. My football team was about to win the league. I lead an organization that's respected in my city. I tick the privilege boxes and there have been times over the past few weeks when I haven't known what to do, when the burden of responsibility has weighed heavily, when others have looked to me for direction and I've not been sure which way is up. Doubt quickly turns to fear. I listened to uh, Jim McNeish talk about the fear of unnamed dread last week. Fear has its critics but it's actually a helpful emotion. Fear saves lives. Adrenaline rushes through our bodies, causing us to steer away from danger. But what happens if we don't see the danger to steer away from? We can't formulate a plan of action. So often our brains go into overdrive and we end up either numbed or hyperactive. We end up buying excessive amounts of toilet paper. We burst into tears at the most delicate trigger. The Apostle John says that perfect love casts out fear. And note, it doesn't suppress fear. It doesn't silence fear. It doesn't ignore fear. It casts it out. Fear at its worst causes us to pull away, but love causes us to draw in. Good Friday. 
It's a strange title. It's the biggest spoiler of all time. But only those of us who know and believe the ending can see through the bad to the good. Because in the moment, it can feel as though we're in a horror movie when we know this is the most incredible love story. The problem we often find is that love doesn't always look like we expect it to. So think about it. The feast in the upper room, it was about tradition. It was about ritual. Perhaps the closest thing some of us can imagine is maybe a family Easter Sunday roast. But in Jewish tradition, the Passover feast, it had a historic script. But Jesus rewrites the script and he places himself in the text. That would have been a strange feeling for those disciples. But love is not always comfortable. Love can upset the status quo. Let's maybe fast forward on to Jesus in the garden. And Peter does what so many of us would do. He saw his friend being unfairly treated, so he jumps in to rescue the situation. Perhaps a little bit dramatic, chopping off the ear. But what does Jesus do? Jesus comes and he heals the soldier's ear. Love is not contained within our chosen relationships, but it extends to those who have not earned it. And from there, we arrive at the crescendo of the Good Friday story. Jesus hangs on the cross. And maybe just pause there for a second. I've grown up in um, an evangelical tradition, which is wonderful. But what we often do there is we fast forward on from the image of Jesus hanging on the cross and we rush on to Easter Sunday. But let's just think about that. Jesus hangs on the cross. Those disciples who had given up home and livelihood to follow Jesus did not expect it to end this way. They'd not left their families just to see their hero die a criminal's death. In fear, most of them had run from him and some had actively denied him. Perhaps doubt enters Jesus' mind. Perhaps this leads to fear. And he names this fear. Father, have you forsaken me? Yet his frail voice eventually calls out, into your hands I place my spirit. Fear draws away, love draws near. Love casts out fear. The horror movie becomes a love story. But we know today, in 2020, that the detail is still being worked out. And so it's important that we name our fear. We don't suppress it. We don't silence it. We don't ignore it. And then we invite love to cast it out. What's your doubt today? What's your fear today? Name it. Maybe for you, it's the fear of, of losing family members, friends to coronavirus. Maybe you've already seen some of that happen. Maybe you're struggling to understand why our incredible, loving, powerful God hasn't intervened to prevent that. Maybe actually it's a little bit more about your purpose. And your purpose has almost been swept aside over these last few weeks. Your purpose is connecting with people face to face and making a difference in their lives. And it feels as though, well, that opportunity isn't there anymore. And if that opportunity isn't there, then what do I have to bring? Our purpose becomes entwined with our identity. I don't know what it is, but maybe take a moment and name your doubt, name your fear, bring it to Jesus, and then ask a really powerful question. What does love look like today? And actually, love looks like Jesus hanging on the cross. It looks like Jesus choosing to endure pain and suffering on our behalf. And then Jesus asks us a question. And it's a bit like the restoration question um, that he asked Peter, where he, he commissions Peter to, to feed his sheep. But Jesus says to us, what does love look like today? 
Where might fear cause us to pull away? Well, actually, what we can do is we can name our doubt, we can name our fear, we can invite love to cast it out, and then we can choose to say, do you know what, today, I'm not going to let fear pull me away. I'm going to allow love to draw me in. And I'm going to do that with Jesus right now. And I'm going to do that with my friends and my family. And I'm going to figure out a way to show love to the world around me. It is a good Friday. It is a good Friday because Jesus' love conquers fear.